Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we will acknowledge at 723 today. We'll acknowledge, We'll do a little acknowledge me. Acknowledge big performances from over the weekend. This was a tough weekend, man. How did you, were you cool, Seth? Uh, first weekend of no NFL football or football of any variety since like August? Did you? Uh... I think the, only, the only thing I texted you about this weekend was how much I hated Davidson. So, no, <laughs> I was not cool. I was watching St. Bonaventure play Davidson yeah. in the Atlantic 10. <laughs> That's the true. Atlantic 10. It's the only text I got from you on Saturday. And I'm like, I hate Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> My text back to Seth was, no show in town is going to give you better insight on the Atlantic 10 tournament. <laughs> These guys are stumbling around underneath the basket, just drawing fouls with cheap flops oh. and what have you. I don't even know who won that game. Bonaventure won that game in overtime, did they not? I couldn't watch. I couldn't finish it. I couldn't okay. finish it. That was funny. Yeah, man. Was but I hate Davidson. People, <laughs> it's good. That's what sports is all about, moving you emotionally. Oh, if they make it to the tournament, I'm going to flip the hell out. It's good to have yeah. a team to root against in the tournament. Davidson. Um, so tomorrow, tomorrow's a big day on the NFL calendar. Uh, franchise tag window opens. It's, it's nice to be back with a team where the franchise tag, whether it's targeting other guys on other teams or maybe even a player on your own team, being a uh, franchise tag recipient is a thing. And the mm-hmm. Texans are just that. The Texans are a... Relevant NFL team on the free agency landscape in no small part because they got a ton of money to spend as compared to the rest of the league. So how can the next two weeks, starting tomorrow, affect the Texans' shopping? And I've got a list here, Seth, of about, I don't know, not eight or nine guys that that are maybe the prime candidates to be franchise yeah. tagged for their teams. Yeah. So we'll treat this like a bit of a guide to the franchise tag for Texan fans. These are names that I think we could see go off the board the next two weeks. And if you like, yeah, should you A, get excited about them in the first place and B, uh, maybe still try not to get excited because they're going to be they're going to be back on their own team. Yep. Yep. Let's start with, I think, a big one here, given some of the local ties, given the season that he had, given the position need for the Texans, Justin Matabike. Yeah. Of the Baltimore Ravens. Matabike, I know that you guys who have listened to the show know that I'm a little bit conflicted about Matabike because I really, really like him. He plays his butt off, plays really, really hard. He's also on a defense that does a really good job of just getting guys singled up. So he doesn't, as good as Matabike is, he, he did not get double teamed hardly uh, much at all compared to other defensive tackles this year. So I don't think you should expect him to have the same production necessarily. If he comes to this defense where they don't blitz a lot, they, you know, guys got to earn, earn everything they can get. Um, but I would still, if the Texans sign him knowing that they shouldn't expect to get the same sack production every single year, he's still going to be disruptive. He's still going to be a presence in the interior. Then I'd be all for it. But I, this is one, man, Ravens fans keep telling me, that nope, it's all hemmed up. They got a deal already. They just got it's just a formality at this point, and that he's going to sign an extension. But meanwhile, that hasn't actually been reported anywhere. So I don't know if it's just Ravens fans being delusional or whether it, it he's definitely sticking around. It feels like the the Ravens don't typically use the franchise tag, but it feels like this might be an instance where they do because he's very much like he is cut from the Ravens cloth in a big way. Yeah. Yeah, I guess my question to those Raven fans would be, okay, why haven't they done it yet? They can do it. They can sign him to a deal. Like, why if it's yeah. done, why not go do it? Um, some of these, I think, are higher on the radar than others. I jotted this one down. I just kind of went team by team, Seth. Brian Burns, 
yeah. defensive end in Carolina, where it feels like a talk of an extension for him has been a thing for two years now with the with the Panthers. But now they're at a crossroads where if they want to, and he's their best player, period. Yeah. Um, do they franchise tag him? Do they sign him long term, or do they let him walk? Yeah, and they like the. They they've turned down trade offers. You know that Huge could have been like, trade honestly offers. if they had um it, if I I can't remember if he was one of the ones that if it could have been him instead of Michael Moore up to the Bears Rams but, it was the Ra- it was it was the Rams offered two first round picks for Brian Burns last yeah, year yeah yeah no but I also don't know if like maybe there were discussions about Burns going up to Chicago with uh, um, oh DJ Moore yeah yeah DJ Moore what did yeah. I say Michael Moore. I didn't Michael know who that Moore. was. Yeah, the filmmaker. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I thought you said Micah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know the Panthers had the rights to Michael Moore. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bowling with Columbine a documentarian. Yeah. So uh, sorry, everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, so um, not great against the run, but still a very, 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 very effective pass rusher. Uh, I, I'm guessing they're going to franchise him just because they've just they've seemed very very married to having him on their roster yep. um if not though i think even though he's not so great against the run i I'd, I'd, I'd like the texans to definitely kick the tires on him yep um jacksonville josh allen defensive yeah. end big franchise I, tag candidate i think they should i don't know if they will or not um i would love i would love for him to be you know depending on what I, yeah i would love josh allen to play for the Texans. would he be a good splurge for them you're saying like if it's, i think he'd be a good splurge yeah, yeah yeah i feel a lot better it's weird i feel a lot better about edge rushers as a as a splurge than i do about defensive tackles hmm. um like with chris jones i'm still i i'm i'm uh, defensive tackles who cruise hurt you more than defensive ends who cruise mm-hmm. when a defensive end cruises he can kind of just still anchor and set the edge and do all those things. When a defensive tackle cruises, like when he doesn't give 100% in the first three quarters of a game, you get gashed against the run. You just, it doesn't, it hurts you more. Um, and it's, it's also, it's a position, it's, just, it's tougher, it's more brutally physical. So if you're a guy that's just kind of waiting to collect your big check, the, it's, it's, Different. You can't just you can't just get by on natural ability on the inside there. Yeah, we're going through franchise tag candidates around the league yeah. who could be on the radar for the Texans. As long as we're talking about Jones, we should mention the Kansas City Chiefs exercised an option to allow them to franchise tag him. Now, here's the thing about Chris Jones: he's not going to if he if they franchise tag him, he's not getting the normal like tag that the league comes up with for all these players. It yeah. can either be the normal number that they come up with by position or 20% over what your cap figure was last year, whichever is greater. His cap figure was greater last year. And so he his tag number is going to be like $34 million for them to franchise tag him. That's where they basically they paid about $4 million that they didn't have to pay to, to get to – retain the right to franchise tag him. Yes. So they're they're committed at least a little bit already. I mean, that might have been a hedge. I think that they I think they might I think the Chiefs might look at Chris Jones kind of like the the way some gentlemen's club owners view paying their workers, which is if I pay him in cash, oh, they'll spend good. all the cash and then they'll want to come back and work work more. Oh, I see. I feel like Chris Jones, whose best years have been in his contract year and in his franchise tag year, yeah. uh, it might be one of those things where you're like, yeah, like let's. He's awesome when he's motivated to when he's got that carrot dangling right in front of his face. Yeah, maybe. And we just need to be sure that we, you know, take advantage of that as much as possible. Maybe we'll we'll hear from Chris Jones in just a minute or two here. Um, as far as other players that I think Texan fans, Seth, are at the very least curious about, if not excited about, and potentially in free agency, running backs. Yeah. I think Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley are the only two running backs who I think have a chance of getting franchise tagged right now. Mm-hmm. And even that would be pretty pricey. Like that's twelve million bucks. Twelve, you know, probably a little more for them because I think they each made twelve million last year. So for them, it's probably closer to fourteen or fifteen for their franchise tag. Um, but I, but I do think those are two names that Texan fans are very excited about. That they're hoping two weeks from now are both on the market and available to the Houston Texans. Uh, of those two, like Josh Jacobs is the guy that if I were a GM, I'd want to franchise just because he seems to be the right kind of dude. Like he just he seems like he seems like he's a genuinely tough guy. 
I don't know if Saquon Barkley is a genuinely tough guy. Like, uh, like Josh Jacobs is not afraid of uh, getting into a fracas. Mm-hmm. Whereas Saquon Barkley, it's okay. If everything's perfect, then I'll just go ahead and run 80 yards for a touchdown. But if not, huh, uh, just a little bit of that. Like, oh, I'll just go take a nap here. Josh yeah. Jacobs, Alabama guy also. Yeah. They love yeah. their Alabama guys, the Texans. They do. So, um, so if t- I had to choose between those two, I like the every down head smashing of uh, Josh Jacobs. Probably price as far as whether like whether Vegas or the Giants are going to franchise tag either of these two individuals. Um, I think the Giants almost. <laughs> I it feels like the Giants painted themselves into a corner with Daniel Jones, where I, I almost feel like organizationally they look like a team that's hey. We'll pay this big question mark, but we don't want to pay the guy that the guys on the team probably actually really like and get excited about. Uh, I, you almost got to, you almost got to, you almost got to retain Saquon Barkley just to retain credibility as a franchise in the eyes of your own players. I think with with running backs, you got to ask where you are in the life cycle of your team, and I don't think the Giants or the Raiders are at a point where they're remotely close to winning a Super Bowl. I don't think either of them have a quarterback. It's not the cherry on top. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas I'm not saying the Texans are are one of the three or four top candidates to win the Super Bowl, but I think they are entering a Super Bowl window. The Texans are once you have your quarterback. I think think like in the modern NFL, once you have your quarterback, if you feel like he's elite, then go ahead and spend a late first round pick on a running back or spend something. I'm still very, I'm very, 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 very skeptical and cautious of signing any guy to a second contract as a running back because it's so, it just, it's, it's, it's got such a low hit rate. Yeah. Um, and these guys just notoriously all of a sudden end up with career ending arthritis (laughs) six months into their new deal. Last two Miami with Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle, that would sure fill a need for the Houston Texans. Yeah. And like Wilkins might end up being the kind of not extreme budget signing, but I don't think he's in the 1A tier of a Chris Jones or a Mata BK, but he's a, he's a complete player. I think D'Amico would really like the way that Wilkins plays the run, and he's one of those guys that looks like he kind of overachieves as a pass rusher, it, uh, but, it, but it's effective. You know, like he plays above his athleticism as a pass rusher. He's on a team with major cap issues, too. Yeah, they're 51 million over the cap. The Dolphins are 51 million over the cap, and mind you, when you give somebody a franchise tag, like there's no spreading that money out. Like that's a one year deal. You know, it's yeah. a it's a one year guaranteed deal. Which, so when you franchise tag him, all of a sudden by the time free agency starts, you've got to get if that guy hasn't agreed to a new deal, which they hardly ever do immediately once they're franchise tagged, you've gotta you've gotta cut more people yeah. or restructure more people than maybe you want to by franchise tagging that one guy. Yep. Last one, I think is a pretty short conversation here. Chase Young. Defensive end for the San Francisco 49. I think there's an F. The Niners may franchise tag him, um, but if they do, I salute. <laughs> Good for you. I I feel like Chase Young is the um, almost like he's a, a triple-sized Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs, where I think the Chiefs knew that Kadarius Tony had some issues, but like, hey, bring him in for half a year, see what you can get in the playoffs, and it worked really well for them last year. This year, they realized what it meant to have Kadarius Tony on the roster for an entire season. I've seen enough of Chase Young just kind of standing around when he could be tackling people that I, I'm very skeptical of paying him big-time money. Mm-hmm. Uh but I wonder what the what the 49ers think of him. Yeah, would they franchise tag him? I don't know. I think he was just their their little luxury splurge to try to put them over the top for the yep. Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a um, on a Monday. Um, so Chris Jones, I'm gonna let you set this up, Seth, because okay. you know where the audio came from. But Chris jo- Chris Jones, I I know he's a great player. I long remember Chris Jones though from uh, his days of being an aspiring NFL player. And being at the combine and having something um, very unfortunate happen with him. Yeah, that. and a lot of people might not have linked the two because they knew about it at the time, but maybe they weren't following the draft that closely. But they knew that that uh, as this one prospect, who is Chris Jones, was running down the uh, the track at the combine, his uh, his uh, member his member fell out of his shorts. Uh, and so, so Travis Kelsey asked him about this and how exactly that happened. Let's talk about it, big guy. How'd that 40 yard dash go for you? I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I was so big on being different from everyone. Everybody was wearing the 
long tights. I was like, you know what? I am not going out there and copying everybody. I'm going to wear the short tights. I didn't realize they was boxers, bro. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it made you faster, man. So fast, you tripped over your feet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tripped over that third leg. <laughs> Ah, tripped over and just jumped out, man. That <laughs> is so funny, man. It was there, man. I believe you said it right there in quotes like my fell out. Bro, it's exactly what I said. I didn't even believe it. I was running. I'm looking at the 40 and all of a sudden I feel it. I feel it touch my leg and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm trying to cuff it and take the dive. You know what I mean? Because I know little man. kids watching. <laughs> Oh, my God. Put your away, Chris. I got to say how blessed you are to even be able to describe it as though your fell out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't even think I could describe that adjective for mine. I don't think it could fall anywhere. Like that. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. Honestly, I feel like a, it's a it's a plus in the character column for Chris Jones that he, A, thought about the kids watching, and B, didn't just think about the kids watching. He cupped it and like dove. Yeah. Like he dove, like he dove down onto the ground he on did. turf. Yeah. Uh, to, to cup it. And, and there was nothing for him to be embarrassed about. Um, it was as far like no. what those guys were saying. Like, oh yeah. Oh, of course. You know, most of us are listening like, oh, certainly you can't run a 40 in boxer shorts. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? What does a boxer short have to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> because. <laughs> If you can imagine, if you can imagine that that's a consideration you have in life. They're like, well, I, uh, I need a certain, uh, heftiness of fabric to restrain, uh, what I've got down there from falling out oh, dude. with any kind of physical activity. Dude, I'm picturing like two scouts standing next to each other with their clipboards out and they're just chatting up about Chris Jones as he's getting in the starters blocks for the 40. <laughs> And they're like, what's yeah. your grade? I'm like, I got him as a third rounder. What do you have, a third rounder? <laughs> and then that thing starts, and that thing falls out, and they're like, late first. <laughs> Upgrade. Chris Jones. Uh, by the way, he went 37th overall in that draft. Second round That's a rough pick. one, man. Yeah. I wonder, though, too, okay, if we're going to hyper, let's get into draft mode, and let's yeah. figure out whether Chris Jones is going to be a good NFL player or not. Okay. Uh, if you were – who was the guy back in the day, the the – anonymous scout guy that everybody hated so much remember he basically got oh 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 nolan naraki nolan naraki yeah you're nolan naraki the guy who destroyed cam newton <laughs> okay so i was uh i was playing the part of daniel jeremiah just now saying hey look hey he cared about the kids he just saying right. decency right. he dove to the ground to cover up uh his, his anything that might be perceived as indecent right um nolan naraki would have hyper fixated on that part about him saying he wanted to set himself apart Mm -hmm. uh, and that, you know, he's going to wonder, everybody else is wearing those tights. He wanted to wear shorts. How come, what is he, Cam Newton? Well, he needs to be a star, wants to be an icon. What's did, this all about? Did he, did he fall down in the middle of the 40 yard dash when he did that? I think it was towards the end. Towards I can't remember end? what okay. he, I don't think he finished it though. Are okay. you going to say that, that if you're, I'm if you're hyper committed, you would have finished, he would have finished, he would have played through the whistle. Yes. He yeah. does not play through the whistle. He's, he's selfish. He's selfish and easily embarrassed and doesn't play through the whistle. That's what if I would have said. If I were a Nolan Naraki anonymous scout, I'd also question whether it wasn't intentional. Mm. Say, well, yeah, he's trying to create a buzz. Yeah. I guess he created a buzz all right. Right. You talk Undraftable. To the, you talk, Undraftable. You talk to the staff at Mississippi State. He was very much a me guy, and that played itself out during the 40-yard dash. It's one of the thoughts I have sometimes when I'm watching old school NBA, Sean, is like, look, I've been in locker rooms. Uh, I don't understand how... It, I don't understand how it worked with those shorts. I don't, I don't. I don't get it. I like. This is what I want to interview somebody. This is what I want to start a podcast about. His, <laughs> his Wikipedia. I know, right? <laughs> this yeah, is good yeah. stuff. Um, Wikipedia page says while running the forty-yard dash, Chris Jones had a wardrobe malfunction that exposed his genitalia before falling to the ground to fix the issue. This went viral on social media. He attended Mississippi State's Pro Day, but decided he was satisfied with his combine performance and only performed positional drills. Can you imagine, like, hey, do you want to do the 40-yard dash again? I'm like, why should I? Did you see it the first time? He's, like, swinging like a lasso or I wonder, something like that. Uh, I yeah. wonder, it must have been his second. I wonder if that was his second one. Like, would they have given him the, the – I bet they gave him the opportunity to run it over, right? Uh, yeah, I would think so. It yeah. said he ran it – oh, my God. It was a four five seven. Really? So whatever, if that was the second one and he ran a four five seven the first time, I would say, all right. Oh, where are you seeing that? A four, oh wait, five, no, no, seven. no, that's not possible. Okay, never mind. That's cornerback Chris Jones. His Wikipedia says yeah. five point oh three. 
That's bad for well, it's bad for like what he became. I'm guessing he was he would have been capable of running like a four eight. Dude, I feel like we saw the yeah. exact excuse as to why he was running a five point oh three when he when the whole thing happened. Like look yeah. at that, like a five point oh three carrying that thing around. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Degree That's of difficulty. What, these forty times feel like they're getting more and more bogus. I like some of these defensive tackles that have been running four sevens and yeah. four sixes. It just doesn't um, doesn't compute. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a. Um, on a Monday, let's acknowledge, acknowledge me. We acknowledge big performances from over the weekend, a weekend that was pretty sparse in sports, but enough to acknowledge. We will uh, get to that coming up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's do this. Let's acknowledge... Acknowledge me. We do it every Monday at 725. Acknowledge big performances from over the weekend. We are off into the part of the calendar where there is no more NFL football. So we will dig deep and find plenty of people to acknowledge still. And we'll start, even though there was no NFL football, it does not mean that C.J. Stroud was not active throughout the weekend. So C.J. Stroud, we acknowledge you for a few things here. C.J. had a big weekend. Pretty good 48 hours for our QB1, Seth. He wins MVP of a celebrity softball game at Minute Maid Park. Travis Scott's celebrity softball game. And there were some big names at that thing, man. He had a lot of stars out at that deal. Um, CJ scores 32 points, albeit in a highly inefficient fashion, but 32 nonetheless in yeah. the celebrity NBA All-Star game. Yeah. He was courtside at the Cougs game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. The big win over Texas. We'll acknowledge the Cougs here in just a second. Most of all, by no intent of his own, I think, set the internet ablaze by merely giving Amber Rose, basically being a glorified Uber for Amber Rose back to her hotel from the yeah. celebrity softball yeah. game. Amber Rose, who, uh, for those of you who don't know her, it's, it's not obviously no sin that you don't know her. Uh, like She's most notable for being um, a girlfriend to some various famous people. Various, right. yeah, yeah, very like Kanye. right, right. But it's not. She's not necessarily like known for her. She's listed as a rapper, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's more known. What's for your favorite Amber Rose song? I think her third one was my favorite one. Um, I think her my her, the one the duet she did with Kanye when yeah. they were together called. Um, I'm just I'm just saying it like it is. That's a it's a good one. It's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. But it would either be I'm saying it is or I'm not racist, but uh, whatever uh, whatever a Kanye lyric might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, she's got a long list of former significant others. Yeah, there was. I don't know. Do I want to say understandable concern? I feel like that's a little insulting to Amber Rose. I, you know, they're two adults leaving an event together, and by all accounts, all he did, C.J. Stroud, was give her a ride back to the hotel. And dropped yeah. her off, presu- yeah. presumably. Um, but a busy week. It does that. You know what? It is interesting. It's where uh, people's minds and imaginations are run run wild. It's, it is like, what's a young, nice guy like CJ to do when somebody needs a ride home? 
You know, what, like, is he supposed to just say, like, no, he's, no hose allowed or something? He's supposed to be, like, one of those old-school, hypocritical, 1950s, you know, Lutheran churchgoers that's going to, you know, look down their nose at you instead of washing your feet? Yeah. That, that's not CJ. CJ probably washed Amber Rose's feet. Probably. In a non-sexual fashion. Right. Yes. Yes. No, merely to get the grime and filth of the softball game off of them. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's a servant leader. That's what servant leaders do. They give people a ride home from celebrity softball games. By the way, and wash you, people's feet and wash people's feet. If you put in Amber Rose, CJ Stroud into the Google machine, <laughs> TMZ, Us Weekly, Complex, oh. uh, the the uh, the Daily Caller, like all the uh, People Magazine, it's a crossover CJ, hit. C- yeah. Amber Rose denies dating Houston Texans quarterback CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, Amber Rose leave charity softball game together. Spark rumors. <laughs> Amber Rose <laughs> denies CJ Stroud dating rumors. I do, no, honestly, like every now and then, well, I'll get somebody will DM me a picture of like a notable Houston person out at like lunch, not even dinner, lunch with a female, and they're like, "Hey, what do you what do you think of this?" And I'm like, I feel like that he's having lunch with somebody. Like, yeah. it, it could be his manager, it could be a friend of his from high school. Like, yep. I have, I know it's not his wife. I'm guessing that if he was having an affair with her, then he wouldn't be necessarily like having, uh, you know, lunch at noon out in public. Whatever. Yeah, just like people, men and women can uh, can can be around each other. Hey, they can. They're allowed to. Yeah. They're allowed to. Let's uh, acknowledge Mac McClung. Second straight year, he wins the NBA Slam Dunk Contest. It's amazing. Mac McClung managed to win an NBA All-Star Weekend Contest while not actually being an NBA player. How close are we to just inviting celebrities to, to perform in the Slam Dunk Contest? That's amazing. Like That's the one thing no star player wants to do is the Slam Dunk Contest. They've had such a hard time getting star power into that thing over the course of the last several years, except for like rare occasions you know i remember dwight howard yeah. doing it several years back and blake griffin did it early in his career blake griffin wrote it to some pretty good endorsements and things like that the what they do now is that at least they make guys like Shaq a prop yeah. so mac mcclung won it on I, I i'll be honest with you i was i thought i'm usually not impressed with the jumping over people stuff because usually they like they'll use their hand to prop themselves up he didn't use any propping up. He just vaulted over Shaq, grabbed the ball off his head, and dunked it. That was impressive to He's me. Really that was good, one of the man. one of the few things where I've genuinely said, like, oh, okay, that was better than I expected. Yeah. Usually, it's kind of like it's gotten to the point. Where some of the spin dunks and everything, it's almost gotten to the point like it is in Olympic diving, where you can't even tell that what they just did was so much harder than like everything else because if you don't have the eye for it. Like, oh, he had an extra 10 degrees of, of twirl on his spin dunk. Okay, cool. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not that into it anymore, the dunk contest. But Mac McClung winning it by not being an NBA player for the second year in a row, by the way. They're just going to bring him back like a circus act every year, I think. Even when he's done playing basketball, they're just going to bring him back for the dunk contest. Which brings me to my next acknowledgement. Every major sport commissioner not named Adam Silver I'm going to acknowledge you for not being Adam Silver. I think Roger Goodell is doing a fine job as the NFL commissioner. I think Rob Manfred, who we talked about a little bit last week, you know, you can get your balance sheet out with Rob Manfred, but I think the rules changes with baseball last year were a big success. I think they're both kind of, if not riding a wave, they're at least in a nice neutral mode with their fan bases. The NBA is kind of a disaster right now with just the, forget about just fixing the all-star weekend. There's players now that are they're mad about the 65 game minimum for the awards, you know, yeah. like that was oh, the rule yeah. they made yeah. last year. We got to play 65 games to get <laughs> named All NBA, and part of that is that for some of them, their compensation is tied to it. You know, like you yeah. you can't get the super max unless you're voted All NBA, but you can't it's get voted of, All NBA unless you play 65 games. It, it, it's honestly, it's one of those sneaky sly things that might have been had a, a more damaging effect than you would even want to acknowledge because it's so stupid but it's always been dumb that the NBA bases their awards on per game averages I've never like uh, it's just it's weird it's weird now I know baseball's like that to a certain degree um with you know the batting average the, the batting champion and all that um but it just uh it, it's like the fact that 65 is it's too high a minimum to receive those awards. Yeah, that that rubs you the wrong way. Yeah, I mean he's just he's he's over he's overseeing a sport where the main issue right now is getting people to play basketball. And and as you pointed out earlier, Seth, it's not all on the players. Some of it is, 
But some of it's on the teams, too, and they're wanting to conserve them for the postseason. And I don't know what the solution is. Um, I've kind of crossed over the point where I don't really care what the solution is. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's tough. The game's not gotten better on Adam Silver's watch. How are we feeling about the midseason tournament? Uh, well, it's uh, the, nobody really quite knew exactly what was going. Yeah, on I think it's dumb. I think it's stupid. That yeah. was another. That was another thing to try to get guys to to yeah. try harder. And then like the people who have a real vested interest in the NBA trying to tell me how amazing the in season tournament is. I'm like, okay, I didn't understand how it worked, and I didn't really care I, about it. And okay, I kind of liked the lit up court for the celebrity all star game. Do you think okay Did that safe basketball? <laughs> Do you think that becomes a regular thing like these? Well, and plus it wasn't very well lit either. It was like a, like you're in a dance uh, nightclub the entire time. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't like that part of it. Yeah. No, I don't think the li- I don't think the lit up floor does anything for anybody. Yeah, um, we'll see. Um, quick acknowledgement of the Cougs. They beat Texas on Saturday, so they sent Texas a nice little going away present from the Big Twelve with a twenty plus point win. Big one tonight at uh, Fertitta Center. Though I, I couldn't believe this when I saw this. Only the second time the Cougs have had a home game involving two top 10 teams in the history of their program. Uh, the, in the, the same season? In the, okay. Like two two top 10 teams facing each other in a home game. Oh, oh, the, oh okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, it was last year. or It was last year, really? two years ago. Yeah, I was surprised. Many, you know. Not just for Tita Center, but not, in the history of. It, no, because they, the, they mentioned the big uh, UCLA U of yeah. H game. They're like, no, that doesn't count as a home game because it was at the Astrodome back oh, in 1968 yeah. or whatever it was. So big one tonight. Thanks a lot, Astrodome. You screwed us again. Iowa State. Iowa State. The revenge game for the Cougs tonight, by the way. Iowa State beat them earlier this season. So should be a fun one tonight over at the Fertitta Center. One final acknowledgement. Travis Kelsey. I mean, I know everybody hates Travis Kelsey, but, man, he is executing this gravy train with Taylor Swift to the nth degree. I know that they may be in love, actual love with each other. But a part it's of close his stre- to celebrity love is if, you can get it. Right, least, right, know. right. I mean, if, the, if, if it's not, they're pulling it off amazingly in public. But if indeed this is part of Travis Kelsey's plan to cross over into pop culture at some point, he is well on his way. He won the People's Choice Award for Athlete of the Year last night at the People's Choice Awards, Seth. What Be- is the People's Choice Awards? <laughs> He I won it at the knew. People's Choice Awards. <laughs> I don't know. They're just the People's Choice Awards. They do them every year. It's another. It's yet link, another. It's, you added a link to your Gmail, and I don't have the password. Oh, sorry to your Gmail, about that. So okay, I my, seen bad. The actual my bad. Thing. My bad. My bad. Um, the, had you not heard of the People's Choice Awards before? I've heard of them, but I've never really paid attention, so okay. I don't know what like, they I, are. I feel like is you're it asking People me, Magazine. I feel like you're asking me. Oh, it is People Magazine. Yeah, because because okay. Adam Sandler because Adam Sandler did a. Um, Adam Sandler won the People's Choice Icon or something like that. Yeah. And he did a speech in which he said he thought he was winning People's Sexiest Man Alive, which is pretty good. Um, but I've Travis just seen Ke- a picture of Billie Eilish dressed up like Linus from uh, Peanuts. Okay. Well, that's what uh, she, happens. She accepted some kind of award or something. Yeah. I like Billie Eilish. Great- uh, Billie Eilish has that look about her where she's trying so hard to look like she's not trying that it's kind of hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, man, she is not trying Really, really hard, and, and I that think that about her is hard. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, Travis Kelsey's girlfriend Taylor Swift quadrupled him in the number of awards. She won four of them. So cool, you won Athlete of the Year, but she won four. Barbie, a big winner oh. too. The Barbie movie, big winner. I started. I've listened to probably like nineteen times more Taylor Swift this year, just kind of by happenstance because of the Travis Kelsey stuff. Where I go, I, I'm like, I'm reading something and I click on a link. And I'm like, oh, it's a tra- Taylor Swift. I was listening to Mean yesterday while I was uh, while I was riding my stationary bike. Listen to it like three times. Really? Yeah. And a, I like it. Okay. Is, is it is, is that considered country? Is that, is mean sound considered country? Is that a? Is she, I mean, she kind of crosses back and forth, right? Country she almost and pop. like slips into a little bit of like a Nashville accent on it too. Yeah, like a Nashville plus teeth accent. Yeah, yeah. She's she yeah. she kind of bounces back and forth. All right, that's acknowledge me. We acknowledge big performances. Admittedly, a light sports schedule over the weekend. It's a, a banjo led country and bluegrass track. There you go. It incorporates um, hand claps, fiddles, probably the fiddles that got me. Did you have your best performance on the Peloton in a long, long time by listening to me? Oh, no, I don't keep track of that anymore. <laughs> I, just, uh, I don't need to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the, uh, 
the Trenches podcast involving current Colts, Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed, they had T.Y. Hilton on it. We played some of that from last week. T.Y. Hilton, though, said something that if Colts fans had just done something differently, the AFC South might look a little different. Let's play a little what if in the next segment and how the Texans and where they're at now might have been affected by the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck. That is next. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, top of the hour, we will do our 8 at 8, 8 stories, get your day going. If you're up and around on a President's Day hanging out with us, we appreciate that. Hey, quick reminder, you can stream us on the Odyssey app. Download the app. You can bring us with you wherever you go. You can rewind. Hit that subscribe button on the Pain and Pendergast podcast. Join the thousands and thousands and thousands that do that every day. Uh, Odyssey app, a great way to uh, to bring the show with you wherever you go. Um I, you and I played some of this Trenches podcast from uh, Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed, the two current Indianapolis Colts. We played some of it last week where T.Y. Hilton was the guest and he was giving major props to C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell as a, yeah. as a duo. He was comparing, comparing them to, um, to uh, himself, T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck. Uh, nice compliment, I suppose. Um, I was I went back and watched some of it on YouTube, Seth. I, I I was intrigued by some of it. It's it's a Zaire Franklin is a has a good podcast energy to him, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I like him on there. I get, oh, you! I don't think you were here the week that I was uh, going off on them. Yeah, it was when uh, Sean was in. Um, we uh, yeah, I, we had played uh, the episode from a few weeks ago, and Zaire Franklin's really really good. Yeah, I liked him a lot. He's yeah. excellent. He's excellent. Yeah. They had T. Y. Hilton on, and T. Y. In addition to talking about C. J. Stroud and Tank Dell, talked about Andrew Luck and his contention. And he sounds like someone who's got inside knowledge of this. We remember the night that Andrew Luck's retirement leaked. I don't want to say the night he announced his retirement because it seemed to leak. During a game, during a preseason game, Seth, I, remember I was with you and Clint up here watching the Texans and the Cowboys play a preseason game, and we're getting push notifications on our phone from Adam Schefter saying, Andrew Luck's retiring. It's like a Saturday night. And it happened, that news broke during a Colts preseason game in yeah. the first half. And as Andrew Luck was walking into the locker room, clearly most of the Colts crowd had gotten wind of that on their phones, and a lot of them were booing him as he mm-hmm. was walking into the locker room pretty loudly. And T.Y. Hilton said, man, bad choice, Colts fans. Bad choice to boo Andrew Luck. What was it just like to see him get that send-off? It, it, it hurt, bro. It hurt. And I know it hurt him because like, we had talks. Uh, but that, it wasn't right. Uh, Indy shouldn't have did that. You feel me? And I'm, I'm just going to be honest, bro. Please be. If they wouldn't have did that, you probably would have had a luck sighting. Uh, and that's what's gonna hurt them even more. Don't say that. Don't Hold say that. Don't, don't, say, don't say that. Hold on to it. I'm just saying. If you didn't send him off that way, right. we had talks. You might have got another luck sighting. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna tell you that we had talks. All right, so the implication yeah. there is that if they if they hadn't if they hadn't now this this paints Andrew Luck in a really vindictive light right here. Well, it also paints him as like, well, I'm gonna retire, but maybe not. Like, uh, is that any better? Like, uh, I like I was retiring at the beginning of the season. It's uh, it's no, I oh, you might have gotten a sighting. All right, yeah, I'm sure that would have stuck. I like no, I think it was very very. This I, I, Sean, I've done this myself in life before. It's very convenient uh, when you've got a scapegoat to to blame it on that and say, well, like, yeah, it was at that moment that I realized that the love that I thought I'd once had. If you got to that age and you don't realize that the love for an athlete is fickle, then that's your own fault. Go die. That's what I say. Yeah, go die. Don't give me a give me a sight of your 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 career in a casket. Damn it. Um, it's interesting. You know, like I look, I I'm skeptical that Andrew Luck would have wanted to come back. Period let alone the fact that he would let the reaction of the fans that night impact 
a decision that's that big, like that, that big guessing, a commitment. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm guessing it was like maybe 10 percent of fans, if that. There. Booing, it, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how that goes. Of course, a, it doesn't take many people to actually make it sound like a chorus of booze. It does. It does make me think back, like how, like how crazy that was. Like you had a guy. He, I mean, Andrew Luck, when he was healthy, was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he played six. He he was in the league for six seasons, but he didn't even play six seasons because he missed the entire 2017 season. And then he came back and had a really good 2018 season. You know, they made it to the second round of the playoffs. They started one and five that year and finished ten and six. They beat the Texans here in yeah. a playoff game that year. And I, I just got to thinking, like, man, what if, like, if Andrew Luck hadn't retired that night in 2019, then how does the Texans? How does the Texans' like future change? Because you remember he retired, and then a week later is when Bill O'Brien started making all those all-in moves. Like the Laramie Tunsil trade happened like a week after that Andrew Luck game, and I think they were working on oh, that for a long time. Yeah, but yeah. it probably looks like that opp- the opportunity to seize the division. Probably, I, I have to imagine that came up in those rooms, right? Yeah. So Maybe we don't need Jadavion Clowney anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's right. We can we could ship Clowney out of here. Um, let's make this big move for Laramie Tunsil. Like all those things. Like it's this the I almost swore the stuff started getting really crazy. Really uh-huh. crazy. I mean, the fact that Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby themselves were involved, were atop the operation alone to begin with, was weird. But we know that they wanted Nick Casario, right? They had tampered to try to get Nick Casario. So you know that wasn't the plan. It was yeah. just what we were left with. But it started getting stupid, crazy after the Andrew Luck retirement. I, I don't know that we're, I don't know that we're acknowledging just how significant that was for how stupid things got with the Texans and how close Bill <laughs> O'Brien blame, might have thought they were. So we can blame Andrew Luck for that part of it, too. Am I being crazy about that? Like, no, is that- I don't know. I guess um, I guess the big question is just, yeah, what exactly would have the, the Colts have been that year? I mean, yeah, they won 10 games the year before, um, and they were favored to win the division. Yeah. Did they if, – if Andrew Luck – if Andrew Luck had stuck around – you think that Bill O'Brien would or wouldn't have done what? Like, I guess he maybe wouldn't have traded for. I mean, they were gonna. They were not gonna have a good year that year, no matter what. Like, I mean, they they actually bolstered everything and had a bad year. You know. Well, no, no, no. But in nineteen, they went ten and six and won the division. The Texans did. The, in nineteen, they, you're thinking of twenty twenty oh, when they went okay, four yeah, and twelve. Yeah, 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 yeah the first yeah, year they okay. had Laramie, they made the playoffs. Yeah, I yeah. guess. I guess the question to me that I guess the question becomes: They probably still make the Laramie Tunsil trade. Hell, Andrew Luck sticking around may have fortified Bill O'Brien even more to make the Laramie Tunsil trade. Guess, Who knows? Yeah. I, here's where I'm I, where I'm going with it. Like if if Andrew Luck sticks around, then there's a decent chance the Texans don't win the division that year because the Colts are still pretty. I mean, the Colts finished seven and nine. They started off really strong and faded in the end with Jacoby Brissett. If the Colts win the division, then there's a question as to whether the 2019 Texans, having made a bunch of moves, even win the division or let alone make the playoffs. And is that enough to get O'Brien out of power before he really turns into the Mad King? Before he starts trading DeAndre Hopkins and giving out bad contracts to people? Before they let him handle a year of free agency, which was a disaster? You know, was was Andrew Luck leaving? Did that open the door for for the Texans to be just good enough to keep Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby atop the operation for another year? At which point, the Texans, with Deshaun Watson as their quarterback, might have had a chance to hire. Boy, 2020 was all right. Mike McCarthy, Ron Rivera. Who, oh no, it'd be the, yeah, the 2020 coach again. Ron Rivera, uh, Matt Rule. Kevin Stefanski okay. or Joe Judge. Those are the big hires in 2020. Wow, wow. Fired. Okay. So I mean, would the Texans have been smarter than anybody except, I, I guess, potentially Mike McCarthy? I don't Deshaun might have been really interesting in a Mike McCarthy offense. I mean, he did great things for Dak Prescott. This yeah, year yeah. When, and those, he, when he finally took over play calling. Sure. But it took three years for him to decide to take over play calling. Yeah, th- I mean, then those are the five that Four got hired. Years. There's obviously plenty of other candidates out there. Yeah, yeah. Would it have been any better moving forward? And look, and I say all this to say that I say all this to say that uh, I think it's just fun to look back at it and wonder yeah. what could have been if Andrew Luck stayed and what the impact on the Texans would have been, I'm completely cool with where the Texans are now. And and even to the point where I'm like, okay, if if 2020 through 2022 is what we had to endure to get this guy at quarterback and to get this guy as the head coach, then 
So be it. <laughs> Here we are. Well, what? Uh, yeah, good job, Colts fans. Yeah. Good job, Colts fans, booing, uh, booing job Andrew Luck. Alienating Andrew Luck, yeah. Good job booing him the same way you probably boo your own children if they if they lose a wrestling match or something. <laughs> You're a bunch Colts of helicopter fans. parents. Yeah, <laughs> helicopter parenting your way out of like, ah, I never right. knew him anyway. That's right. No, Jerry, you're Fritz von Eric is what you are. <laughs> stupid, stupid Colts fans. Yep. So which of those five, who do you think, of those five coaching hires in 2020, who do you think the Texans would have hired? Obviously, there were other options other than these. Sure. Mike McCarthy, Ron Rivera, uh, Matt Rule, Kevin Stefanski, or former Patriots coach Joe Judge. Hey, Joe Judge would be at the bottom of the list. But I don't know, though. Would he have? Would um, they have Jack Easterby's in the building. Okay. They could. They might have hired Joe Judge. Uh, maybe, maybe. Matt Rule would have been a fun hire at the time. Uh, Matt Rule, like his star had risen at that point at Baylor. He was viewed as a future NFL coaching star by a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, like that I mean, people forget there's a reason why the Panthers gave him all that money. Nobody was saying the Panthers were stupid for giving Matt Rule that big contract. He was viewed as a as a rising star. No, I thought yeah, I thought Matt Rule would have been a fine one. I like I would have been Mike McCarthy would have been the one I would have been most skeptical of. And I like honestly, I I would have wanted him calling plays if he came in, and he might have done. I mean, he might have done really good things for Deshaun Watson. I mean, just giving him a West Coast system, something that he could really just latch on to and learn how to execute an actual system instead of like the, the Tom Brady the Tom Brady wannabe system that takes years and years to, to figure out. Yeah, it might have been really good for him. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a, uh, on a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. Um, here's a little bit of audio before we get into uh, the 8 at 8 here. Kyle Long. Who of the two Long brothers, Kyle Long and Chris Long, I would say probably the less likable of the two, Seth, when they're on that uh, little podcast there, the two of them that Chris Long has. Kyle Long feels like his, his older brother has kind of pressured him into doing it or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, Kyle Long doesn't seem all that interested in being there. Yeah, Kyle Long recounted on their most recent episode of the Long Brothers podcast uh, a Super Bowl incident from about 10 years ago um, that uh, in which... Kyle Long, who at the time was an offensive lineman for the Bears, went up to Stephen A. Smith, who had been very critical at that time of Jay Cutler, Kyle Long's quarterback. Here's Kyle Long recounting and apologizing for this situation. One of my biggest regrets in life involves Stephen A. Smith. And it's something that I think about often. It's one of those things where you'll be laying in bed and you're like, you're reminded of something you did that was embarrassing and you're like, f***. Is this a bad dream? I was at the ESPN party at the end of the year. I think it was yeah. at the Super Bowl. And uh, obviously I wasn't playing. And I was hammered. I was young. And like you said, Stephen A. Smith, tremendous at his job. He got me going one year because of some things he said about Cutler. But I was like, I have to like white knight for my quarterback. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's my I was like 12 beers deep at, at the ESPN party. <laughs> oh, God. And I saw him and I walked up and I put my paw on his shoulder. So he could he feel was you. He mid-conversation with somebody. Oh, my God. And I walked up. At, no, not like violently, but I was like... Hey, you know, Jay Cutler says hello or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like something smart. And I thought I was so slick in the moment. And he gave me that look like, you are a f***ing idiot. <laughs> and since that day. You've been wanting to reconcile. I've been him. like, yo, I hope I get an opportunity. Look into the camera and apologize to Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A., I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I don't, why, does that, uh, why does that need an apology, Kyle Long? I would say, I bet he, you know why? I think Kyle Long feels responsible for his, um, um. Uh, you know what? I was me- I was mixing up my nepo babies. I was thinking of Mike Golick Jr. I got like you know, like Kyle Long somehow got uh, Mike um, uh, Mike Golick Sr. fired or something. But obviously that's that's the, not the case. The thing the thing that I would feel most I would need to apologize about if Kyle Long is recounting that accurately, interrupting a conversation to do it. Yeah, like if Stephen A. is talking to somebody and you walk over to give him the what for about his. By the way. His takes, which were in retrospect probably accurate about Jay Cutler, that's probably what, honestly, that's probably why Kyle Long, nine years later or whatever it is, feels bad about it. It's like, God, I was taking up for Jay Cutler. What was I thinking? No, you know what it is, though, too? Even though he said it wasn't a violent hand on the shoulder, you get the sense that he was trying to intimidate him. Oh, yeah, because he called it a paw. When you yeah. call it a paw, I put and my he's big He's a big paw dude. He's at full playing weight. And yeah. Kyle Long's a taller guy, right? He's probably six seven. 
three oh, yeah. thirty at that point. And uh, yeah, he was he was trying to intimidate Stephen A. Smith. That's the part that he feels bad about. Okay. Not that he stood up for Jay Cutler or anything, but you're right. It makes it a lot easier that Jay Cutler didn't end up, you know, draping himself in glory. With <laughs> That's the, Bears. the part I would feel silly about. I'm like, oh, what was I doing? Taking up for this guy, yeah. Jay Cutler. I'm going to Super Bowl parties and interrupting conversations of prominent media personalities to go. Well, Jay Cutler says a, hi. Yeah, and it's not a. It's not like a great burn or anything. Right. You know, it just says, hey, Jay Cutler says that. That's the part where it just feels like an intimidation. That's the like, part. Just like, that's something a mob, like a mob, like somebody goes up to somebody and says, hey, Tony Soprano says hi. Yeah. You know? I feel like the part, if you were to have done that, that you would have felt worse about is you didn't come up with a better line than Jay Cutler says hi. Right. You, yeah, you would have exactly. felt more remorse over the, the you know, C-minus comedy in the whole thing. Yeah. Than interrupting a Stephen A conversation. In yeah, this. I would have said something about him, you know, carrying skip bayless's jock or something at that point yeah see that's good stuff together, right? yeah that's yeah. good stuff yeah you pick up skip bayless's dry cleaning yes i like that um yeah i mean we all have friends i guess we took up for you know where you're like oh, i can't believe i took i can't believe i vouched for this guy well dwight, I, like dwight howard you know yeah or james harden J- like, Rocket I, can't fans? I, I can't believe i defended james that's harden a great one years. that's yeah. a great one i can't yes i think there's a lot of rocket fans and when james harden sat down at that podium in early 2021 yeah. and said we're just not good enough. Like big, fat, chunky James Harden sat down and said, we're just not good enough. They're like, <laughs> I stuck up for your ass for seven years. I was on Twitter defending your travel step back for the last five years. Your gather step. It's a gather step and it's perfectly legal. Let me break it down on film for you for 15 minutes yeah. to show you exactly how it's legal. Seth, that's the perfect analogy. This is how what, we're all Kyle Long is what this is. Yeah. We're all Kyle Long. Yeah, I don't uh, – people would claim – sometimes people like to have this retroactive claim that uh, people defended Osweiler. I honestly don't know if there were more than a handful of people in the entire city of Houston who really believed in Brock Osweiler. For the most part, it was a whole lot of like, hey, you just don't know for sure. You like, He might be the guy. Let's go see and what we have in him. You know, like, yeah. all right. We're in this. Uh, we're in this together at this point. His biggest a thing – point of no return. His biggest thing he had going for him is he was not Brian Hoyer. That was Brock Osweiler's biggest thing he had going for him. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.